tenting even more are you on an uptick are you stabilizing out how are the jobs going no everything's going better uh, i'm gonna wait to see if it's gonna take some time to see what the seasons are kind of like but um i've just been getting more and more jobs and i did i have one tomorrow i did one sunday right I mean, it's, it's coming along. Shit, I'll take it. I mean, awesome. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. The I one mean, I did. You got the right time of the year for it. Hurry well, up. That, that's what I, I'm thinking is uh, it, if it's seasonal, then, you know, June, July, I'll do pretty well. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how it'll be in winter. I don't know. It, usually it slows down, but there's yeah. also not a lot of tinters here in New Hampshire. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah and then you got your mailboxes in i i want that's what i want to hear about today i want to hear about your mailboxes yeah so how how did you stumble upon that deal was it you know like did you get them massively underpriced what's up with that yeah so uh i stumbled onto them because someone sent me oh, let me turn that off someone sent me a link to craigslist mm-hmm. and uh for a couple of types of mailboxes, I told them that's what I wanted to do. So she was just looking around and found two different Craigslist ads out of Boston. So um, checked them out. The first one didn't really like it because it's like the one I have now. It's not really meant for what I wanted, right? Right. And then the second one was the ones I ended up buying, right? And they've been on there for about a week. And uh, so I've been on there for a week. They were like an hour plus from here. But the minute I saw them, like, that's exactly what I wanted. And I reached out to them, asked, so it's $500 for those four mailboxes, right? right? So it's 108 units in total. Yeah. And I, I asked him, like, it says $500. Is that for each one or all of them? And he's like, oh, it's for all of them. And I'm like, I will be there. He didn't know what he had. <laughs> I mean, he knows. It's just so the issue with anything specialty is right. specialty equipment is expensive to buy brand new and very hard to get rid of. Right. Right. So he had said he wanted to get rid of all of them together. Someone had already reached out to them and said they would take one, one set of boxes. Right. They only wanted one little right. piece of it. And he was like, no, I don't want that. I want to get rid of all of them. And she's like, well, I don't need all of them. Right. So then I come along and I'm like, I will be down. I have cash. I will be down there. I need uh, it today. It was Saturday morning, just holding yeah. a couple of days. He's like, he's like, yeah, no problem. So I come down. That was it. I saw them. I thought there were going to be something different. So there for mailboxes, there's front loading and then rear loading mailboxes. Mm-hmm. Rear loading, you mount them into a wall and then behind the wall, you would load all the mail in. Right. Right. Front loading. Is different. They open the whole thing swings open from the front, exposing yeah. them. So front loading are way more expensive. Yeah. Right. Because you can just mount them on a wall and they're good to go. Where the other ones, you have to have like a, an office yeah. and then mount them so that you can get them in the hallway. Right. Yeah. So when I, I I drove out there thinking they were rear loading, like that's perfectly fine. I don't care. Right. Right. That's still a great deal. And I got there and I'm like, oh, these are front loading. Yeah. That's even better. Right. So I was asking, he's like, yeah, Yeah, he's just like, I just wanted to get rid of them. So on the way home, I looked them up and yeah, it was like $6,000 if I had bought all of them new and that's without shipping. Right. So add that in. Make money every single month on them. 
So it's beautiful. Yeah, five hundred dollars for. <laughs> yeah, like it's so that, right? to me. All right, so like in in the world of M and A, I know um, a woman who does this out in Las Vegas. Yeah, and she specifically buys the exact style company you're building, right? Like yeah. mailbox companies. Um, and I've seen them for sale in investor groups um, for like six thousand mailboxes, all filled up at twenty dollars a month or thirty dollars yeah. a month. And I'm th- and they say they have clients for years on end, like they just don't ever cancel, right? Yeah. Because it's, like, it's not if you have a business, you use them twenty four seven type of deal. It's it's a beautiful. So I think about it very equivalent to real estate because of the style mm-hmm. business, because you buy a bunch of these mailboxes, you get a couple people in them. They're not going to cancel for a very long time, as long as you're not horrible at what you do. Yeah. And it's just like one office kinda, person. Yeah. It's kind of hard to mess up mailboxes, right? You, <laughs> you put the mail in them yeah. and that's pretty much it. Right. So, so. we mount, so we brought them in. Uh, mounted them to the initial mounting. Now we just have to play around with, since they're older, we just have to readjust them, put um, the little shims in them to get them like completely situated. So it's straight <laughs> yep. and then she'll be ready to go. Then we'll finish. These, framing these are strictly it. digital. What's up? These are strictly digital. Like these are for like your trip being a virtual mailbox, or are you kind of doing a hybrid of they get access to the cowork and you know you have a mailbox and go like what are you doing with them? So original. So originally, what we had started with was fifty dollars a month. Everything's virtual office, right? right? So they get the mailbox, but they could come use our conference room and all that stuff. But it never turned into anything, right? Like we get we have a couple, but rarely um so i'm kind of altering everything a little bit it's so like like mm-hmm. what you had said for the the ship las vegas you know those guys yep. they do 20 dollars a month so we're doing the same very similar 20 dollars a month and they get a mailbox yeah mail comes in it goes in the box that's the extent of what i'm doing right but if they want a little more they go up to the 50 dollars a month and then uh when something comes in we text them a picture of it and you're like, hey, what do you want to do with it? And if they say put it in the box, it goes in the box. So like, I think yeah. I this is my two cents, just because I thought mm-hmm. about this since you're gone. If you want to go the virtual route, if you want to go the virtual mailbox route, and you want to kind of like a premium add-on service for a reason for somebody to pay you like fifty to seventy-nine dollars a month for it. What is the one? All right, so ninety percent of the people who get virtual mailboxes are new entrepreneurs, right? So what are they looking to do? Network create a virtual networking piece of this, where it's kind of like a mastermind, where if you have a mailbox, you also get access to this networking group Mm -hmm. as well. And none of it's in person. So it doesn't say you don't have, you don't have to deal with the problems of it, right? So that alone, you got to figure their entire Facebook groups charging $97 a month, just to have access to that Facebook group that don't incorporate virtual mailboxes, right? So if you do a hybrid you can get away with charging, you know, like a tick or so higher or focusing on a higher tier just for the way you offer those services as a virtual yeah. mailbox first. But look at what you get access to as a new entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. So that may be um, a very easy, lean, green idea that also builds your relationships as a business owner yourself. Yeah, I like that because what I was saying. Your name is co-work, the... Chris. So virtual co-working. <laughs> well, correct. And, and what I like about it specifically is what I like about virtuals in the mailbox and all that stuff 
is it doesn't tie direct real estate right. to the people, right? So right. I could have a million, I'm not going to have a million, but you could have like a, a million uh, virtual members, doesn't matter, where I could only put like 20 or 30 people in the co-work at a time, right? right. So it, it drastically increases your revenue potential, which I like. I really like that. Um, what, I, what I was going to say is, you know, for the $20 a month membership or the mailbox, $50 a month, text notifications and originally it was conference room access no mm-hmm. one ever uses it so right. still playing with that idea but i do like the idea of adding in um the networking and the conference room onto yeah. like a premium yeah, you package can have some of it physical if you want but you gotta you gotta figure your target audience if you do this they not necessarily in new hampshire they're everywhere. yeah so yeah, yeah. It's the conference room access is a little bit of a, yeah, it's made, it's for a very small portion of the people you would be targeting yeah. because you like the big focus will be the fact you get a virtual mailbox. So you got all your mail taken care of and you can use a, a, a private location for it, get your mail, get it, you know, everything like we're talking about and you get access to other entrepreneurs and networking group and resources and stuff like that. And you just build the resources with that group. So it's like, all right, you're starting a new business. All right. You, do the $50 a month tier. You get access to our networking mastermind group and your virtual mailbox office. And inside our virtual mastermind group, we have entrepreneurs that offer funding and marketing and everything you wanted the cowork to be in, in physically, but yeah. virtually. I'm going to play with that idea. I kind of really like the, the virtual networking role. So as long as they stay with the virtual mailbox, they have access to the, this co-working networking group yeah so and people need a virtual mailbox anyways for the most part so it's like you're taking a need and they don't have to go in and pay like 997 for some guru course or some craziness like like you're becoming the first solution and the one that rides it out with them yeah because you're introducing them to people right? You're getting those options. You just stack your resources as you go. Like, oh, you meet an entrepreneur who's in the funding world. Hey, do you want to build relationships in my networking group? And then you say, you know, like um, you pay $50 a month for this networking, you know, like for this mailbox and you get access to networking group, which we have a we, an entrepreneur who's does you don't have to do this, Chris, is my point. Yeah. They can, the entrepreneur you bring in can do monthly lives on yeah. funding, right? but only to your group. Yeah. So you're not doing those lives. You're not doing the work. The people are paying for the virtual mailbox, but because of that, they're also part of this community and getting access to these resources. So they have the help they desire. Yeah. I like that. And it's something you, you can piece it out because you can just start with it being a community. And then over time, Oh, we got somebody in here who does this. We got somebody in here who does this. And then you start marketing the fact that they do that to get new leads to sign up for your service. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something uh the idea and play with it. Yeah. Easy 50 bucks. One of the networking groups I'm I got invited to right now um is no virtual mailbox, purely online virtual networking, has hundreds mm-hmm. of members, $47 a month. Hmm. That's pretty good. Right? It's doable. Yeah, hmm. I like that. So that was my two cents. I've been thinking about that for a while. If you went, if you took what you wanted the vision of the cowork to be and just mm-hmm. made it virtual, but you stuck in the the need based element to it, which yeah. is the mailboxes, you're kind of setting yourself apart from the other virtual mailbox companies and still seeking out your vision. Yeah, I really like that. 
Yeah, I'm going to play and mold that one over and see how we can put it all together because it, it's not a lot of legwork to get it rolling. So No, no it's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talk to people all day anyway. It's just one yeah, of those yeah. things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Maybe you can even get some people to switch their mailboxes over to you. <laughs> like, be like, hey, does your, does your virtual mailbox offer a mastermind? No, switch to me. Well, yeah, that's easy. I just put you in there and it's like, you get to talk about all the stuff you've done since you've joined Cowork. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Be like, you know, you can play on some of the stuff I do. If you need marketing material, be like, sign up for virtual mastermind. You get access to investors or people teach you how to buy bit, whatever, you know, I don't yeah. care. Hmm. But I, like I, think that idea. I think that'll be good for you because it's also low stress, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the, the most physical part of it is the mailbox, right? It's not chaperoning the co-work. It's not yeah. renting out offices or breaking leases or having to deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have someone that's doing most of that stuff for me now anyway. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. You said that, didn't you? Last yeah, time yeah. we talked. I don't know if I told you that last time you talked. Well, maybe you it, told me you were looking to get somebody. You're in the process. Yeah. I ended up. So in, in co-working. There's, they're called community members or community managers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the community manager, I gave her an office because she was in the co-work already. So I just put her in an office and now she takes care of like the trash, some simple cleaning. Right. Office um, in exchange for work help. Yeah, essentially. And so now I don't have to be there nearly as much, right? Which I, because of the day job and the tinting, I wasn't there that much anyway. So now right. I don't have to worry about quality. Everything just can stay the way it is. And we move on, which is great. So now we can expand. I have someone there to handle the day-to-day tasks so I can do what I'm supposed to be doing, which is growing the business, which is good. Yeah. And now that the mailboxes are in, I've been pushing that stuff. So we've been really working on growing the cohort to what I want it to be. Because I think we've talked about this before. I'm moving less on co-working. I mean, I like co-working. It's still what I want to do, but I'm really moving towards like the co-warehousing. Yeah, that's mail services. That's, that's my thought for you. Co-working is virtual Logistics. and co-warehousing is the physical part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so like kind of more helping businesses with logistics and all that stuff. You know, the stuff yeah. that is hard to learn. And, and it can feed into each other. You know, like the virtual part can be the virtual co-working around the world, you know, like start an initiative, you know, work around the world or co-work around the world, virtual co-working. And then the um, warehouse side is the fulfillment of a lot of these digital businesses that need your virtual address anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I like that. So, yeah, no, but that's been my thought for a while for you for, um, especially when you went and got those new mailboxes, I was like, Chris, you can do so well if you, you know, just add this portion of it and you'll stand out. I believe it. Cause it sounds good. I mean, cause it's like who I can promise you, nobody really enjoys paying for just a virtual mailbox. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's definitely, it's, it's a need. That's why we do it. Right. Yeah. It's like you want, you don't want your home address. You want it private. You want to look professional. You want to be able to get financing with the bank and stuff like that, which are other reasons why not to use your home address. Um, so it's one of those things where it's business owners just do it. Right. Yeah. But now what if you can make it enjoyable to do it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Like you look forward to your membership every month. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it produces it. Well, it should produce value. Yeah. 
in some way, shape, or form. I mean, you'd be a co-working, virtual co-working giant at that point. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good though. I mean, you see all those like that that event you guys did at the co-work with Gail and all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like do one of those once them once a month, but virtually, like a virtual speaker session, like yeah. part of it, or four times a year, twice a year. It doesn't really matter what you do. It's like anything at all is a plus toward instead is a positive against your competitors, which be other virtual, you know, mailbox companies, which don't do any that yeah I like that yeah i'm gonna work with that and see see what we can do for some virtual networking so what else is new with you a lot of tinting <laughs> i said new no <laughs> no i'm like it's it's seriously getting like a lot like i did a job like it's saying i did a job sunday that was yeah. a, that was a grand um and it only took four hours so i'll take that <laughs> and then uh i have a job coming tomorrow it's only it's, it's 550 an hour. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so after expenses, it's a little less because I'll make. I think I made like 750 profit on that job. So right. I mean, that's, that's a lot, man. yeah, I mean that's still 180 dollars an hour. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh no, 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 no yeah, ever yeah. financially recover. Oh yeah, Ooh, oh no idea. <laughs> so like, then I have a job tomorrow, 500. Um, I just put out a quote between. 900 and 1500 depending on what they want to do so it's like and i have a few other projects i'm waiting on approvals for so i mean it's moving are, are people paying you in check or what they can pay a lot of cash um some cards mainly credit cards what are you using for your system uh like there's a there's a place called Tintwiz. oh so, is there is there like an actual industry merchant system for this yeah. So, I mean, how do I wear this? So it's kind of like a white label service uh, called TintWiz and it's set up specifically for window tinters. Right. Mm -hmm. So it makes it the whole process really, really fast and easy. And I just have all my stuff hooked into it and then it just takes care of everything else for me. So yeah. I, I can send proposals. I can do invoices. I can do all that stuff right on there. Nice. So yeah, right, I'm curious. Just making sure I, I don't let my friends use PayPal. <laughs> I don't. I don't use or PayPal. Even Stripe. I, I don't. Want, I don't want you guys getting your money set. You know, like held up for years on end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. It's is whatever. But the. Uh, but no, I have. Uh, this is pretty good. So, yeah. But a lot of times, especially for like the smaller jobs, they just pay cash typically. Anything mm -hmm. over like two hundred, I'll they typically put on a card. But and then I put out a. Where is it? Uh, I did one for service for not service uh, triangle credit union. Yeah. And that's a, uh, that's over 6,000. So if, if that one goes through, that's going to take a while to see if I get the job or not, but that's almost a $6,000 job. <laughs> I mean, that's so, nice. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that one. I'll take it. Man. So as for me, I yeah. officially started my training as a business broker. Good. I saw you post something about that yesterday. Yep. I've also up-leveled my content, but that's thanks for... All right, so I'm going to tell you about this. You take an iPhone and you go into an iPhone and you go in and you switch it to portrait mode and you yeah. bring sundialer down at all and you take selfies or if you, if you face it at a human, you can literally get, was it DSLR style photos from an iPhone. Like those photos I took look like I had them professionally done. I just had a kid come out, a good friend of mine, and start taking photos of me by yeah. doing this. And I learned it off an internet technique and they look really solid. So I yeah. tell, when I talk to people now, I'm like, hey, 
I'm like, you want to create better content? Go in it. First of all, if you have an Android, throw in the trash, get an iPhone. <laughs> Never. I do not like child labor, child slave labor. <laughs> second, second, go to portrait mode and then let it autofocus and then bring down the sun dialer. It's, it's crazy. I couldn't believe it the first couple of photos I took. So content's getting better. Um, I became a business broker. I signed, I'm working with a company called Vested Business Brokers. And I've had several people ask me why, why I chose to do this. Well, um, one, they make a lot of money. Yeah. So beyond that, um, it's the point I'm creating machine and people yeah. don't understand as an investment firm, Cody Capital, investment advisory firm, um, creating machine is very important to me. And I'm strategically building something where I help people buy companies, fund those companies, scale those companies, and then exit those companies, right? And yeah. then in amongst that, we get leads and get to cherry pick deals, me and Sven, on what we want to buy in the process because we have everybody coming to me now, right? Yeah. So when people are like, why'd you become a business broker? Well, I can get paid two more ways than I have been for doing the same thing. Yeah. And I'm getting paid to cherry pick deals for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the brokerage I'm with provides me with free lead gen. So I have my own cold collar and I have unlimited mailing campaigns. Nice. I don't pay for. So, you know. <laughs> Good. So, so for everyone listening, let's talk. What is business brokering? Um, I mean, I'm sure it sounds almost like what it is, but... <laughs> 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 no, no, I love it. Actually, cool. So what we do, and I've set up my, like I told you yesterday, I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm borrowing your phone sites account again. So yeah. I mean, I built two funnels in your phone sites account, one for the buy side brokering, one for sell side. Um, yeah. Basically, what I do is I help people who want to buy companies, buy them. So basically, if you want to buy a company, you have to figure out how much, you know, like you financially can afford and you mm -hmm. got to go find a company that's selling. And typically that's really hard to do off market. So you go on market. And if you go on market, you deal with a broker. If you deal with a broker, it's because that broker typically listed that company. So they're representing that company and yeah. you, unless you, you know, you find a broker you like and approach them to help you buy a company. There's two ways, you know, that can happen. You either find the company first and the company has a broker or you approach a broker and they go find you a company, right? So if, depending on the side you're on, if you're a buyer, we figure out how, what you want to buy, you know, what you're kind of like in quotations qualified to buy. Um, I specifically, one of my things, which is going to stand me apart is I have connections with lenders and finance companies. And I even just became a loan broker on the side as well. So I'm yep. heavily connected to companies so I can help my buyers get funded to do acquisitions. Okay. Um, so we'll help you find, basically I help find the company and then I can help finance and acquire the company. And then as a yep. broker, my job is to be the trusted intermediary in the deal. So obviously helping them get under LOI, helping them do their due diligence, you know, um, negotiating on both the buyers and the seller's behalf, going in between them, putting it together, you know, keeping everything confidential in between records and keeping all on the up and up. Right. So yep. That's the buy side. The sell side is helping the company um, figure out their true value, figure right. out what they want to sell for. Me personally, I help them figure out their exit plan and you know, like what, how they want to actually exit the business, what they want to do after, help bring them the buyer. They get to use the technology from, from the firm I'm a part of on the back end, which brings in hundreds of buyers a week. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of like a I consider it an easiest way to explain it is think of hiring a consultant to help you buy or sell a company, right? My commission comes off the close. 
So if you buy a company for $200,000, regardless of how the deal is paid out or how the deal looks like, I get a commission out of that, right? Like that's how it works. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you don't have to pay me as a broker up front because I make the money out of the deal. Now there's other services you can pay up front for, but not that, right? So the, strictly the broker side is we make money on the transaction. Okay. Yeah, it's like, Having a real realtor. estate, like a real estate, yeah, agent. realtor for your business, houses. Yeah. yeah, it's just for businesses. So, um, yeah. and that's that businesses price tag are a lot bigger. So the checks we make are a lot bigger, but yeah. that's fine because it's actually a lot more. There's a lot of work that goes into it because it's like a big, it's a big asset. Transferring the, a business from one side to another is a hefty job, but yeah. it's worth it, right? Mm -hmm. And so plugging this into the ecosystem I've been building, it allows me now. I can make money in four different ways. And that's regardless of if we decide to buy the company ourselves that came to us. So yeah, it's one of those things. It was a very strategic move on my part, but mm -hmm. um, once I got into it and going through this training, I freaking love it. Right. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, you think about the entrepreneur, the, the like the American dream and the entrepreneur spirit to own your own company. What's a better way than to buy one, right? You just walk into cash flow. Yeah, you know, it's just like a whole different feeling, especially if you're qual like if you know you can run it because you've worked yeah. in the industry. You're walking into something somebody else has already built, and you're now you're just trying to improve it. That's good. Now, there probably aren't, but are there any? So I know in real estate, um, there are laws on essentially which, like how many hands you can have your. I'm messing this all up. So in real estate, say like the mortgage broker can't also be like the appraiser or something like that. So you can't right. have too many hands in the deals or anything like that in business. I'm going to assume no, because too many people lose money. <laughs> <laughs> so from what I've gone through so far, it's more of um, anything to push the deal forward. I'm pretty much, obviously like I can't speak for every firm brokerage firm out there. I can yeah. only speak for the one I'm involved with mm -hmm. and so, and they're really reputable, but so far, anything that pushes the deal forward so that both sides are happy, they really care about client success, you know, and like um, their reputation as a firm. So we're not limited as long as it's all in the best interest of both parties. I mean, like I can get in a lot of trouble if I was to be, if I was to do something shady to make the deal go through, but I'm not going to do that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but having that add on of being able to like, like I'll give you an example, like if somebody me having my like they, me having my own company and being a broker is perfectly okay with that, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason for that is because as a, a brokerage firm, right, yeah. has brokers underneath them contracted out, so they make a percentage of the total commission that comes my way, right, for being yeah. a part of their firm. So if I have my own company that is in the same arena bringing in leads they're getting more leads than they thought than they would anyways, right? Me just being a random Joe Blow who's never done anything in his life and becoming a broker, right? Yeah. So it pays for me to come in and already have established resources that generate leads for them anyways, because they're going to have a bigger inflow of deals they make money on by allowing me to do those extra services. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So now there are different, I will say there's a handful of states that I can't operate in. Not a lot, but like a handful, because to be a broker, you require a real estate license um, in some states. That's but weird. okay. 
Well, yeah, it's, they tie businesses to the value. Of, you understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like it's it's they they compare it to selling commercial real estate, even mm. though you know, like most businesses actually lease their properties instead of own them. So it's a little different. It's a different scenario. Um, mm. A broker, basically, as a broker, you're selling paper, right? For yeah. The most part. You're not actually selling the property. You're selling paper, and then the lease is part of that. Um, but with that, all right, I'm going to get sidetracked here. Um, what do you ask me? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. We, we've gone over. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, basically, I'm allowed to do anything that complements the deal um, to make my parties happy. And that's why I'm surprised that it's a lot of it. It's kind of an outdated industry. I want to say, like, I don't mean use wise. Like, there's a huge need for them. It's, it's very useful to have a broker. Like, we deal with them in Partner Ridge, and Sven's been dealing one on this deal that where he, I just got off the phone with them about, and, you know, like, they're good. Like, yeah. But the way they operate is it's really an old school industry right now. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, like, flip that on its head. Like, building, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to be much more than a one trick pony. Yeah. I gotcha. Hmm. Which states? wouldn't allow that i'm gonna take a guess and say california <laughs> well, i have a list but yes cali's one of them <laughs> new jersey <laughs> so all of new like i can i can pretty much do a lot up here like yeah. mo- it's most of the states are out west okay right yeah, there's yeah. one up here you don't need your li- there's one up here that's regulates it in a weird way mm-hmm. and that's rhode island you don't need a license but you do need a 700 dollars bond 700 dollars what bond Oh, bond. Okay. So it's a little strange, but you know, you still don't need a license. That's Rhode Island, but New Hampshire, yeah, Vermont, Maine, Connecticut, New, you know, like New England is our New England is okay. They don't, you know, like you don't need a real estate license for it. That's weird. Cause I would have, I would have just made a guess and said Massachusetts would have done something stupid like that. I would think so, but they don't, they don't care. <laughs> like they're fine with that. And I'm pretty much, well, I kind of see Massachusetts as a pro capitalism state like a pro-commerce state so they probably don't want to limit that as much as they can i don't know there i would disagree with you but got it (laughs) but anyway um have you been a boston (laughs) have i what have you been a boston everybody's trying to sell something (laughs) well yeah so just because people in boston are trying to sell things doesn't mean the state is (laughs) pro-capitalism I don't know. They give a lot, being in the nonprofit world is really interesting. Massachusetts is, when I say being in the nonprofit world, I'm specifically referring to Ronaldo Santana, yeah. um, my friend, and you know who runs ESG Housing. Uh, Massachusetts has a ton of money to shell out in grants for businesses and nonprofits that push commerce forward. So that's why I consider them to be a pro-commerce straight is because out of uh, all the states we've looked at, Massachusetts is just like here's a bag of money. Why? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. I'm not saying I agree with a lot of their political views, but you go, you know. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Fun. So pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun. And and this week are we're putting the trust shop under LOI, and we have a solid deal moving forward um, to acquire the trust shop in Massachusetts. So we will have our first business acquisition under a belt. Um, uh, my partner is working in it 70 days prior to close yeah. and, um, we're gonna, we got it basically 50% on seller financing makes a little over 3 million a year in revenue. And then cash flows just under 600,000 a year. Yeah. I, I think it's somewhere between 15 and, you know, somewhere around 15 ish employees are in it. Um, hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and 
We're, yeah, we have 70 days once we, the LOI is accepted, which it will be because my partner talked to the phone today. Um, he's going to do, he's actually working in, in it as management for 70 days to help um, basically decrease um, different things and increase certain things to have a wider flow of working capital yeah. and basically increase the performance of the business before we purchase it, which is a unique situation, but it's going to allow us to do some unique things and our own yeah. due diligence working in it before we acquire it. But it looks really solid and uh, um, 70 days, you know, like what's today, July 13th. So mm -hmm. July, August. So by the end of September, we're probably going to own this company. Should be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And that'll be a good experience for, you know, making it all function and work and have fun getting, getting the mm. deal done. Oh, it's, it's, cool. a it's a beautiful deal because the, the business owner, he's just, he wants out and not because it's a bad company. It's a ton of potential. He wants out because he wants to retire. He's done. Yeah. He's like, I want to go to the Philippines. Like I'm, yeah. out. <laughs> I'm I've, I've spent my time building companies. I'm tired. I want out, you know, like I want to go relax. I want to enjoy my life and everything, but nobody is buying this stuff because we're new, you know, like in new England, there's very specific style companies that people buy and hedge funds won't touch companies at a, at a certain price tag, right? They always buy above a certain price tag. And then once you get below a certain price tag, any seller who wants, you know, is trying to push cash, they don't get into it. You know, like nobody's going to bring like a million dollars in cash to the table. So it takes negotiations. And then with most average buyers see that you need to negotiate some things, they don't want to do it. They want an easy yeah. win. So a lot of these companies are just sitting there that, you know, they're awesome deals, right? They're freaking awesome deals. Like this one, most of it like is we can go in we've me and Sven have sat down and projected that the very first things we're going to do is one we're going to hire we're going to build a better hiring process and two we're going to go do, decrease the lead time of there's a there's an 11 week lead time for the operations right now and there's a couple things you can do to decrease the lead time and immediately increase the hiring and those two things will solve each other because production will go up and we'll have more employees to do the production and then we just start nurturing the database none of that costs us money really once we get yeah. into it and the company will uptick dramatically right yeah. the only reason the owner's not doing it now he wants to retire. He doesn't want to grow it anymore. It's already at paying him a lot, right? So, yeah. it's a lot, so it's one of those things where it's going to be an awesome case study when we get it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're picking these things up, um, you're, so we're not talking about business brokering. Right. Essentially, we're talking about your this buying one's them. straight acquisition buying, yes. So you're buying. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying a, like a lead like this can easily come from me being broker, which is one of the main Correct. reasons why I did it is because yeah. I'm either going to buy something out of like, so as a business broker, leads come to you for more than one reason, right? Because yeah. you have the reputation, you have the training, people know you as a broker. It's like you have the credibility behind you. So leads come to you. Then it's my choice. I can choose to buy them or I can choose to list them, yeah. right? Either way, I'm getting the off-market leads and either way I make money. Yeah. So yep. this one came from another broker that we were talking to that brought it to our attention, understood what we we're trying to do in, uh, in a, as an M&A firm. Yeah. And he helped us with the owner negotiation. So we got a good chunk of on-seller financing and we got the down payment um, to where we want to be. And we got the owner who really likes Sven um, as a... Um, yeah, he really liked him as somebody who could operate the company um, yeah. in general. So 
we actually used a broker for this deal and the broker will make his commission. So if, but the thing is, if I had gotten the lead and then I had brought, you know, like brought it to Sven, you know, like it would have been something where there, I would have been the broker involved, right. In a a roundabout way. Um, But this one is just straight acquisition. We plan to take it down, own, um, you know, build it, um, hold it for a while. We, based on everything, our due diligence so far, we believe we can increase a company's operations by 25% in the first year um, mm-hmm. because it's being really undervalued right now because nobody's doing it. Like, well, people are working in it, obviously, but it's not being, it's it's on flat lines, it's yeah. not stagnant, right? It's not, it's not declining, it's not increasing. It's just there, it's just breathing. So by simply doing a couple of things better, we can really improve it. And so me and Sven will acquire it and we'll pull um, both our salaries out of it to start building this company. And then probably 90 days in to 180 days in, we'll be looking for an owner operator to come in and run it for us. So we're not in it running. We're just looking at it from the top down. Good. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Seems like a solid plan. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. You, the thing is, though, you only need one or two of those deals a year to be make a serious amount of money. <laughs> but, yeah, like it's not like But broker is more fun. It's more. I mean, brokering. Some of the top business brokers in the U.S. only do ten to fifteen deals a year. Yeah. Right. But it's look at the price. Look at the money you make. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We'll think about. I mean, just so acquisitions big. or bro- brokering is a little bit more. But I mean, like combine the two. I mean, I'm having fun. Yeah. I was going to say, look at the news and what's going on right now with Twitter. You know, someone's putting that deal together and someone's making a lot of money, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, they want to sue Elon. They're like, I want my commission. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Shit, I want that money. <laughs> no, yeah. you're not backing away. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just kind of big picture, you know, think about, you know, just from what you've experienced already with this one company, think about what something yeah. like Twitter is probably going through and all of the craziness going on behind the scenes. So you have a pretty good. Now, I also on understand Elon's point of view, though, because everything we do, we're not going to know till we get in it. Yeah. Like so we're actually running the business. Like things can still, yeah, we can hedge against it and how we organize the LOI and our agreements and contracts, but you're never going to know what's going to pop up until you buy the freaking company, right? Yeah. Until you're in it and running it. And then you see what happens, right? You mm-hmm. can, you can get, you can try to get as much as possible ahead of time, but you just aren't going to know until you're operating it. So with Elon and the whole bot thing, like of not knowing the bots and Twitter, not wanting to disclose it, but then wanting him to buy it and getting to that whole conversation, I can see where he just doesn't because like a, a giant company like Twitter, a social media company, they make, like 90% of their money off of ad revenue and yeah. off of, you know, sponsorships, ad revenues, things like that. Right. It's not, I understand that business model, but that means you've got to have eyeballs. Yeah. And if those eyeballs are fake, that's less ad revenue you can make. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally get that. And then, uh, I don't know. That whole thing is, I only brought it up as an example for, I follow it. Your thing. I follow yeah. it. Trust I, follow, me. I follow it a little bit, but. I think Twitter's is a trash heap anyway, so I've never used this. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's funny. I don't use it for engagement. Like I don't use it like I use Facebook, but I will tell you that I prefer LinkedIn and Twitter over Facebook and Instagram every single day. Yeah. I have learned more and made better connections on Twitter and LinkedIn than 
any other social media platform. And I, yeah. and I say better, I don't mean like friendships. I mean like business connections. Yeah. Twitter, at least in if you're in the right circle, I guess, maybe just in the right, Twitter is, can be very much like a, a, a different version of LinkedIn in the mm-hmm. right circles. Because like everyone on Twitter that tweets and I see, are all business related. It's very little personal, all business, just like LinkedIn. And so the people that you can converse with on Twitter, depending on the circle you're in, um, have the similar caliber as LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I like Facebook because I make a lot, of good, my, a lot of my friendships off Facebook, but it's just interesting the level of character that uses different platforms, right? I've made money on LinkedIn. I made money on Facebook, but it's like you either get personal or business. And then Twitter, I've built some interesting investor relationships on. Um, Instagram, I've still yet to make a dime. Yeah, I mean, I use Instagram for ads and no. I do very well for like my apparel, right? So my apparel business runs very well on instagram same with tinting because i put a bunch of pictures of my tinting stuff right so that stuff does great um but i can definitely see other things i get a lot of spam on instagram oh my god all the time that that is a pain drives me nuts well i think it's instagram is very consumer oriented right just for whatever reason it's very like b2c oriented like a b2c companies do a lot better on instagram than b2b yeah like my apparel like you said it's, it's very easy to put on a shirt and someone's like oh shirt and they yeah. buy oh, it right? sure. yeah exactly yeah yeah because it's 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 kind of for that linkedin i could definitely see as you know building you know those good connections with other business people that's why i use the platform mm-hmm. a lot of investors are on twitter yeah a lot of high profile investors use twitter and a lot of big VC guys, private equity guys, finance guys, they're, they're like Twitter obsessed. Like, and I, when I started realizing that I was like, all right, that's interesting and neat. So I don't like post a ton. Like if you ever checked out my Twitter, my posts are simply so I can repost them on other social media platforms and screenshot them, turn them into content. But I've seen that a few times. Yeah. My messages and my conversations and like, you know, sub tweets on somebody else stuff get really deep in a good way. Yeah, on that platform, it's interesting. That's good. I've never been a fan of Twitter. And I'll, I'll probably never use it. Yeah, but I could, I could see. I guess with any platform, I can really see how it would be good in the right circle, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, you're talking to the right people, you're engaging with the right people. It's going to be beneficial. Totally Maybe it's get how it. the algorithm works because I don't see. It's really weird. I don't see the wrong type of people on Twitter. Yeah. Like, you know, on Facebook, you can log in and like, even, even on your friends network, you can still run into like, not your, how do I put it? Like people who aren't your profile, like your perfect customer or your ideal friend or like completely left field, different beliefs than you. Right. Um, Instagram (laughs) takes me 10 seconds to find somebody who's like completely different and not my customer LinkedIn algorithm. Um, is really good for catering towards your personality and your your industry. Um, Twitter is like I've unless I, like I literally have to search someone. I like I have to know that somebody is not my person. Like I have to know somebody is outside of my s- circle of like people I do business with or I'm friends with, and then I have to search them to see any type of content outside of my sphere of you know like relevance. And yeah. it's so it's really interesting. So. I think I, ha- I think their algorithm kind of contributes to that, which, again, 
going back to the Elon thing, if you have bots that help push the algorithm, I can yep. see where that can get uh, kind of sketchy by creating a false reality and a false narrative. Yeah, absolutely. In certain situations. Yeah, because, you know, I, I... yeah, so bots are a problem. <laughs> that's all that's all that's pretty much all my whole underlining thought, statement bots. my whole thought process there just kind of ended with i'm not even going to explain it bots are a pain in the ass regardless of <laughs> if you're a philippine bot farm we don't like you yeah yeah like leave us alone i'm i don't know how many times i get a message from some manufacturer about making clothing for me i'm like stop i don't care can we like, talk about the new thing on Facebook where every time I get a message request, it's a group live sex chat. Like I'm done. I don't understand this. Every, I've not gotten a single one of every those. Week, so it I'm, happens to me once a week. I'll get a random message request and it will be a group chat where they added like 30 people and it will be like live and it will say live sex chat now. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm I like, don't do get those, so I'm just going to rely on the algorithm to answer that question for you. <laughs> I don't know what don't you do on your anything. spare time, brother. But... I don't see anything relevant <laughs> to that on Facebook, but these these bots, like, they just do it, and it's nuts, and I, I it's so, it's funny, it's entertaining, but I'm like, every week, I'm like, oh, yeah, people, I'll be like, in a, like, picture me in like a restaurant meeting with my partners or having a business conversation, my phone goes off, dang, and I'm like, oh, another live set chat guys <laughs> like, right yeah delete <laughs> oh uh, man, it's crazy but that's like those that's what i mean i don't like bots because i'm i doubt it's real like i doubt i doubt there are real humans behind it i think yeah. it's a fishing thing right so it's like they have a bot farm they spin up these group chats they add a ton of people and then they fish for information that's my yeah. best guess of what it actually is yeah probably i mean that I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. They're doing something to your computer to get your info. I mean, that's. Mm -hmm. I I don't even open them. I just immediately delete, right? Like, well, I would hope don't so. Want to open it. Like, well, no, because, you know, some of those messages, it's crazy. This happened to a family member of mine earlier this year. Um, he didn't even have to reply to a message. He just had to open it. And somehow they got into his Facebook account through that by just mm -hmm. opening the message. So it's like, if I don't know something, I won't even open it. Yeah, if people, yeah, exactly that. If people even send me messages and it's someone out of the ordinary, I don't even, I don't even respond to those. No. So sorry, everyone, if that's why I don't respond to you. <laughs> Comment on my stuff first. Act like a human, so I know you're real, and then I'll open it. Yeah, because I have a, I have a pretty good idea who on my list talks to me on a regular basis, and if mm -hmm. I get someone outside of that. I'm just going to delete your shit. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't need to talk to you. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, man. So what's coming up? So you have your business coming up in, was it 70 days or so? Yeah, Sven. So once we close, once the LOI gets it, I mean, we had a, yeah, it's funny. We have the LOI um, out. Sven's working yep. back and forth with the owner on the LOI. Um, and he's verbally accepted it. So now he just needs to sign it. And once he signs it, Sven's going to go to work for 70 days in the business, um, do do hands-on due diligence, which I think is an awesome ability to do. Like most, yeah, yeah. like you know, bigger firms might scoff at working in the business before they acquire something, but you, you're not going to get 
a due diligence period like working in the business before you yeah. buy, right? So Absolutely. I think it's a smart idea. So Sven's exactly. doing that. And then we're going to, every week we're sitting down and looking at the operations, the things we uncover, et cetera. And then we come up and I think it's, yeah, it's 500K. We're, um, we're coming up with by, you know, through different means, private investors, money, working capital, um, acquisition loans. We have, a, we have a basically a bucket of finance opportunities to pull from that will do yeah. this deal. Um, so by the end of 70 days, we're going to um, string a couple of those things together, acquire the business, and then we will pretty much just go to work on it, right? So probably by the end of September, um, as long as the owner doesn't back out for any reason, we'll be, we'll have it and we'll be good to go. And uh, I should be done my, besides that, that's for acquisition wise, um, I should be done my broker training by the end of next week. Nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And working in the business is a phenomenal idea, especially yeah. on, for small businesses, because um, I can only, I, I'll, I always relate things to things I know. So, you know, say you're buying a window cleaning company, right? Right. Said, right. I mean, said, it's just out of the blue. Yeah. Said window cleaning company looks good on paper until you purchase said window cleaning company and realize that your employees are all trash. And, <laughs> you know, so you might make money on paper only to find out that your employees are actually cutting a bunch of corners and your customers don't really like that. So they're still paying for a little while. <laughs> right. So that's actually, you know what, that's funny. You brought that up. That's a big, it's a big risk too. And uh, um, acquiring a business is not just the employees kind of like paper, having a discrepancy between what's on paper and the actual actions of the company. But mm -hmm. uh, one thing we have to watch out for, and this, this won't, we do are good enough due diligence that we know, we, we know what to look for ahead of time. But um, the, it is a very real scenario where with a change in management in a company can come the change of employees. So it's like the owner can walk, can, you know, like hand off the business to us and then new employees, you know, a couple of them don't like that. So we lose yeah. them right off the bat or something like that. We yeah. try to do everything against that. So I don't think we're going to have that problem really, because we're going to conduct um, employee interviews almost immediately to start figuring out, all right, how long have you been here? Why did you join the company? What are you looking to do? What do you see your future? Employee interviews, right? This the stuff nobody else is doing to combat against that. But um, when big PE firms go and buy companies, they almost like budget for the fact that they're going to lose employees immediately. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. So there's a lot of things to look out for. Like you said, once you hand the company over, you know, employees who either don't like it or just looking for an excuse to leave um, because a lot I, like I've been there or employees that are going to follow, maybe not in this case, but employees that will just follow the owner to the next thing they do. Right. right. So in cars, um, a lot of times, if you have a good sales manager with a good sales team, wherever that sales manager go, the employees yeah. are going to pick up and go to that dealership. Right. Cause once you have a good sales manager, you can make a lot of money. So I've seen this a bunch of times in cars. I, I've done it, right? Um, I worked at a car dealership when I was in the army and my sales manager got a job at another dealership. So he's like, come with me. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And he took half the sales team with him when he walked out the door, right? You know, I can see, like, I can see why that can work in a commission-based environment. Luckily, we're not commissioned with this company. So correct. loyalty to the previous owner, but I mean, <laughs> and in the situation where again, he's retiring and just leaving. And yeah. a lot of times you put, clauses, you, <laughs> you put clauses in there saying like, 
you can't just leave here and then start the same business again. Right. You know, that type of stuff. Right. Um, Because then you'll just take the clients and the customers and walk out the door, get all this money and then just do it over and make more money. Oh, there's, there's so much value at opportunity. He has like, so we 90, the majority of the revenue um, we're B2B and the actual revenue comes from the customers, our builders bring. So we sell the builders for builders to fulfill their projects, Mm -hmm. right. From that come directly from customers. So he has, his entire database of builders, um, they're on a Excel, I think Sven said, and we're going over it here, if I remember correctly, he said an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. So there is no like communication or nurturing of these builders. They just, when they want something done, they call the company. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So immediately we're moving this entire database to keep CRM. We're adding a second shift to the company and hiring so we can handle more work. And then we're going to send out an email campaign to these builders to let them know that we added a second shift and can do more jobs for them to get back in front of them, you know, weekly or monthly as much as yeah. possible and start nurturing our relationships with the people who keep us fed and growing, right? Yeah. And, and it won't just be on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I don't see anything wrong with just running on an Excel spreadsheet. I'm sure that's good for a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> <laughs> I almost took you seriously for a minute. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying, well, no. Was... So, so just to back up a little bit, I'm not saying you can't build a company like that because clearly yeah. they did. And congrats, this the, the owner we're buying from, awesome guy. He's a good guy, mm-hmm. very smart, did a lot of work, worked his butt off, clearly did everything the right way, but he wants to retire. So there's there's no future of we're going to upgrade this to technology and do this the, the 2022 way. Like yeah. we're going to put, we're not, he doesn't want to build relationships because he doesn't want to run the company, right? Like yeah. he's, he's on like, um, He's just uh, on cruise control, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. So we're trying to grow it. So this stuff is very important to us. So it's it's a small, it looks small, Excel spreadsheet to keep CRM, but keep CRM automated email marketing, automated text messaging, mm-hmm. relationship-based management through every single one of those builders. Yep. And every single one of those builders can bring us clients as soon as we, in, we add our second shift to the company. Like that's massive. That could be like when we talk about growing 25% the first year, yeah. something like that can contribute a lot of volume to that number. Yeah, absolutely. And that'd be great because then it's just all money, you know? And what's good about buying a business over starting one is the processes are already in place. You know, you don't have to, how are this? So if you wanted to restart the same company, you would have to learn a lot more than walking in the front door. Right. Now everything's in place. You can kind of learn enough about what to do based on what's already in place. Right. And then all you have to break through, which would be your biggest limitation is the, we've always done it like this mentality. So if you can get some of that cleared out, as long as there's no government regulations or anything, you can, like you said, increase your volume, increase your right. profitability. Yeah. It's like if, if you buy a boring, small, I say boring in a good way, by the way. So boring, mm-hmm. yep. an established, boring, not, you know, revolutionary small business that's making good profits. That's run by like the baby boomer generation. Typically, from what we've seen, you can make very small improvements and have very big upside from those small improvements because they're 
those style businesses are doing everything or a lot of the way they've got their success is through old ways, which can be improved with new age technology and systems. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those situations where if you buy right, like we're looking to do, you can make big changes with little movements, kind of like yeah. playing chess in a way, just the right moves matter, right? Yeah. So it's like buy boring and established, add technology to it, work on logistics, and then create systems in it that fuel the growth and step out, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's interesting that, but it's being able to putting in the time, I think there's, I think they're equally as, I think startups are hard. I think buying a business is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say this, that the thing about buying a business is we're walking into cash flow once we pull it off. So when yeah. you start up, you have to make changes before you make the money. We're making money before we make the changes. Yeah. Yep. And that I said, like, like you said, each one's difficult for different reasons. So at least if you have cash flow already, that eliminates a major stressor that yeah, like, is put on new businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest stress is money. So you're doing all this stuff, trying to frantically earn enough money to live. But if you don't have to worry about that, you can make better decisions because you don't have to frantically fight for things. So I, I totally get yeah. that. And that's another reason why I became a broker was because it's like once, once I had that mindset, I'm like, um, it's the American dream, right? Help, like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, right? So mm. if I meet somebody that wants to start a business, I'm just put them in the, push them in the direction I believe they should go is buy one instead, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is not because I want to discourage anyone, but just like it's, it's it to me, the same level of challenging, but it's a different feeling when you can walk into something that's already established so it can pay you, right? Yeah. Rather than like you just said about, you know, like, uh, with a startup, you have to worry about eating before you worry about growing the business. Yep. Right. If you buy an existing business, you you're walking into some sort of salary to cover all your bills and make sure my food's on the table while yep. you figure out how to grow it. That's the difference. And that's so when, it, um, one of the big reasons I became a broker was, I was like, well, there's 303,000 boomers that retire a year. And mm -hmm. most of them don't, you know, like they can't sell their companies because they just don't know how. And, yeah. you know, I bet you run into people every day that are like, I want to be an entrepreneur, start a business. Well, buy one. <laughs> There's plenty out there, right? Yeah. So it's just like, let's let's try to up-level the solution a little bit. And then that's like, I'm... I am for anybody who wants to start their own business. I'm just saying there's multiple ways to slice the pie. And so if you've never thought it was possible to buy one, it, it is, right? There are, there are many ways to do it. Absolutely. And on that note, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, for me? Oh, I thought we were going to talk for another three hours and then add it to your master <laughs> The opening month. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me it's brandon b-r-a-n-d-o-n at codycapital.com so cody is spelled c-o-t-y so b-r-a-n-d-o-n at cody c-o-t-y capital.com that's my email perfect so i'm chris pastrana you can find me pretty much every social media site for pastrana enterprises which is my new overhead business that's kind of housing all the other ones sounds so, sexy yeah i know right <laughs> It's not that sexy yet, but it will be. Uh, so Patron Enterprises everywhere. And this is American Entrepreneur. We talk about real entrepreneurship and get down in the dirty of it. So this is American Entrepreneur off the wall. Thank you, everyone, for listening and see you next month.
See you guys.